You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 103. I've got Dave Adamson today talking about online ministry and YouTube. Check this one out. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth, and that's Megan. I'm Megan. That's me. Hey. Yeah. How's it going? It, it's going really well today. How are you doing? Super. It's real late. And it's 11 p.m. right now. Let's just be real. Yeah. We got to stop doing these so late. I, I don't know what I'm going to say next. Um, <sighs> it, 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 guys, it's seriously, when it gets late, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that. Your filter thing goes away the later it gets. Say. Yeah, it's gone. Um, oh, snap. Anyway, not really, just for me. Um, today on the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, we have a special guest. I am really excited to bring him on. Um, at at recent conference that we talk about a lot, um, Dave looked at me and goes, when do I get to be on your podcast? And I was like, dude, I've asked you to be on the podcast. I'd love to have you on the podcast. So he's like, let's do that. And so I'm excited to have Dave Adam- Adamson come on today and talk to us about something he's passionate about. He's the online pastor at North Point, And I don't, we'll talk about everything that means or what he does. But um, he t- he's really big on YouTube and online church strategy. And on top of that, we I think we both agree, Dave is one of the best people in the world to know. He's a great human. Awesome. Awesome dude. And you, when you talk to him, you just kind of leave feeling better about life, about yourself. You feel more, uh, you know, you feel very close to the, to the people around you. You just like, it's, it's positive. It's a very positive experience because he's just very, very, he cares very much about you as a person when he's talking to you. You can tell. Well, I think he's one of those people that is just, you know, and we we all want to be really close to Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just super clear that he is because he lives it and he breathes, he breathes it. Like when you are with Dave, you feel like, oh, I feel yeah. a little bit closer to Jesus right now because yeah. you know that's just how he lives his life and that's his heart. And it's he wonderful. he challenges people to that. He he yep. definitely he asks a lot of good questions, and I'm sure you're going to hear some in this one. Um, you know, just for a couple of things, he talked about um, online church, YouTube, things like that, why churches need to embrace the online strategy. A couple of stats that he dropped in that were really important. We need to bring them up here. 63% of Christians attend church between once a month and never. Never. There are 63% of Christians might not go to church at all. Right. These are Christians. They attend yeah. once a month or never physically yeah. in the building, right? Yep. And um, most of those are between the ages of 20 and 39. Yes. It's not just your, your, you know, those dang dull millennials or whatever. It's, it's this group. Well, it is the millennials, not the zennials, not the kids. That's what he said. It's the, like, it's not Gen Z years. Right. It's the, yeah. it's the millennial group. It's a younger crowd. And, um, you know, and then some of your older adults now too, you know, that mm-hmm. 39 range, I'm 40. So, I mean, my are age you a millennial? Technically, no, I'm not. Okay. I get to be in that middle Star Wars generation. I'm glad they call it that. It's is the, that really what it's called? It's a nickname. It's the they try to name it Zennials, which I think is terrible. It's a Gen X millennial mashup. It's oh, that's super dumb. weird. That's that, why I always say Star Wars generation. That's not going to stick. If you're born between 1977 and 1982, which is when you know New Hope and To Return of the Jedi were released, that's the Star Wars generation. 
<laughs> and that's hilarious. me, baby. 1979. No, it makes so much sense. You fit that so well. Oh, it's it because I have a lot of. I'm married. I'm an older millennial. My wife is well, she's not older, you know, like, but she's. Oh, don't use that word. Right. She's she's a she's a millennial, and uh, all my a lot of my friends are millennials. But I also I graduated with Gen Xers and that mm. group before me that came, and I remember feeling like guinea pigs. Everything was changing. The internet was happening. You know, chat rooms were happening. Um, Bill Clinton was president. We were having you know economic boom type things go on and. You know, media was going nuts and just, it was crazy. What a time was, to be alive. Yeah. Computers got into people's houses. I, I remember I bought a beeper. <laughs> you was, had a beeper? I had a pager. I had a pager before I had a cell Stop. phone. Yeah. They didn't well, used to be associated with nefarious. Well, apps. you're young at heart, Seth. So yeah. we'll, we'll accept you into this <laughs> millennial generation. My first phone had one game and it was Snake. I remember Snake. Remember Snake Snake that was, was awesome. Crazy. Technology has boomed. And it was booming it's a during little my different. Time. But now it's even it's, it hasn't stopped. I mean, I know. The online space is incredibly I don't want to say crazy, but it's just it's it's always evolving and growing. It's almost out of control. It yeah, well, it's dominating our lives and our attention, right? Yeah. Which I'm sure is going to come it's going to come back around at some point. Sure. But Right now, um, people are spending all of their time online and especially on YouTube. Like Dave, mm-hmm. Dave gave the stat that one point, there are 1.9 billion daily active users on YouTube. Yes. That's not, that's with a B, billion, daily. 1.9 billion daily active users. I've, what a resource to be able to connect and reach people. That's where they are. I forget how many like thousands of hours of video are uploaded every minute to YouTube. There's some. Yeah crazy stat like that he gave to you. I can't remember what it was, but it's just like, if the church is called to go and reach people, we have to go where those people are. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we, I think we've gotten in the mindset of let's set up the, 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 the flares and the, the pyro and get them to come to us. And, you know, they're living their lives out online. And we're going to talk about that in our interview with Dave, I think it's going to be really exciting to hear some of his perspectives. North Point is one of those churches that is willing to try a lot of stuff, you know, yeah. because I mean, they can, you know, they're, they're a big church. They have a lot of resources. They have some really great forward thinking people that are in leadership that just say, go. Um, if, if it's smart and if it makes sense, it's not just, you know, whatever, but uh, Dave gets to be part of that team and they, they get to try some things that can show the way for some of us and see if it works and try it before we get to try it. So, it's really, really great. Yeah. Well, I think it's a super important conversation to have. It's one that I think is growing and that we're starting to have more often. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- one thing he talked about was how the church isn't decreasing, it's decentralizing yes. because people are accessing content online more digitally. And, um, you know, Jesus said to go to the ends of the earth, right? So mm-hmm. instead of expecting people to come to us, we should be where they are. And yeah. In our last podcast, we talked about how we don't get to determine culture, but yeah. we, you know, we can influence it, but we don't get to determine it. And right now culture is saying, I want information online. And so mm-hmm. as, as a church, uh, we know that we have the best message to offer people. And so we should be offering it to them in the places that they're already looking. It just makes sense. It does. And we're going to get into this with Dave. He, he gave us a strategy for how he leads people from 
like smaller slices to bigger slices, almost like a funnel mm-hmm. using YouTube to get people to connect that wouldn't normally not connect with their church to connect with their church. And it's brilliant. So I'm going to play that clip really quick. And then we're going to get into my conversation with Dave Adamson. Check this out. At North Point, one of my biggest jobs at North Point at the moment is to take Andy's 35 or whoever's speaking their 35 minute message, their 35, 30 to 40 minute message and cutting it down. I, I see one of my biggest roles is repurposing on purpose. As of the church, we have to repurpose on purpose. We repurpose the 35 minute message by slicing it up into smaller consumable chunks so that we lead people through steps. This is not a strategy for YouTube. In my mind, this is steps. We lead them through steps. So at North Point, what we do is we take that 35 minute message and then we cut it down to, you know, a 60 to 90 second highlight, maybe one or two points at the most that we post onto Instagram. It becomes an Instagram story. Then I spend most of uh, Monday and Tuesday taking a 35 minute message and cutting it down to a four to seven minute version that I post to YouTube. Four to seven minute version that I post to YouTube. Then I use YouTube cards, YouTube end screens, YouTube descriptions to point people to the full length message. Then we leverage Twitter to promote promote that four to seven minute version of the message that we just did. Make sense? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks. Today, my guest is the enigmatic social media pastor of North Point Ministries, Dave Adamson. Hey, uh, man. How's it going? It's for- enigmatic. I like that. Yeah, enigmatic. That's the best word I could think of. I was like, what's a great 25 cent to $300 word that describes Dave <laughs> as far as I know him so far? And that was the one right there. That was it. It's great. I'll take it. Yeah. Well, uh, a little bit about Dave. He runs a successful YouTube channel called Aussie Dave Adamson and uh, has a lot of shows like Walking in the Footsteps of Jesus, uh, a video discipleship series centered around, centered around a Holy Land tour I th- you took, uh, two-minute devotions, and Hebrew Words Every Christian Should Know, which are all incredible shows. Uh, he's an avid photographer, deep thinker, master conversationalist. Uh, <laughs> Dave Adamson, everybody. How's it going? Hey, man. I'm doing <laughs> great. So I'm so glad I finally get to be on. We've been trying to set this up for a while, haven't we? Yeah. Um, a little bit a little bit north of a year, I think. I've been trying to maybe find a way to get you on the show. And well, I'm keep, glad I'm here. Yeah, me too, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I know you're a real, you're a busy dude. You're everywhere. There's well, some conferences. You know, there's a difference between being busy and being, you know, productive, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I stay busy a lot. I'm not sure how productive you are. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. like you have those days, you know, where you go in and you're like, um, man, I worked so hard today. What did I do? What did I do? What did I do? And I can't think of anything. I'm like, I work towards things, but I have nothing to go. I did this. Yeah, exactly. I know the feeling. <laughs> well, um, at North Point, you have kind of a day to day of social media. You're a social media pastor, which is really, really cool. Um, <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your day-to-day. What does that kind of look like for you? What are some of the tasks that you're typically into? Just kind of give us a snapshot. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I do a lot of stuff from uh, a strategy point of view. Uh, you know, we have six churches in the Atlanta area, and each of those churches has a, a really smart 
group of people who do all the outward facing communication on social media. Um, but I help provide the overall strategy for what okay. we're doing, um, and, and the system. Um, so that's a large part of what I do. I also do a lot of stuff with YouTube increasingly. Um, and I also deal with, uh, you know, po uh, podcast analytics and, and that sort of thing and making sure that our podcasts are staying on track and, uh, okay. continuing to connect with people. Cool. About how many podcasts are you guys running right now? Well, that's a great question. Well, all of our six campuses run their weekly podcast. Plus, there's uh, two Andy Stanley's leadership uh, podcasts. Then right. there's a Yorman podcast, and then there's a couple of other ministry ones. So, I want to say probably about twelve different podcasts that we run during uh, every week. Man, that's crazy. And and are these yeah. based on the message? Or are they based on other content? Or I know the leadership one is based on different content. Yeah, a lot of them are based on other content um, that we create midweek or uh, ministry specific. Like we've got a, a men's podcast that's designed specifically to reach men. We've got a workplace podcast called Rework, which is designed to help people share their faith uh, in the work uh, in the work environment as well. So that's yeah, awesome. it, it just varies. That's great. I love that. And I think, you know, that same, you guys are just really good at creating content around, you know, certain subjects and topics and just being able to fire that out. And uh, it's really, really cool. I, I, I admire yeah. that. There's um, a lot of smart people that work at North Point. I don't know why they still have me on stuff. They let me <laughs> hang around. Wow. That's, you're being a little too modest, but I, I appreciate that. That's, uh, <laughs> but dude, I, I heard you speak on this kind of thing at that church conference recently. We talked yeah. about content and the types of things. We're going to get to that with YouTube here in a minute. But uh, before we got on online here and talked, uh, Megan and I did a little intro and we talked about some of the stats that you dropped at that church conference when you were talking about online church, online ministry, um, YouTube. You had a lot of different things to, to kind of unpack in there. And so I want to give a couple of these. Um, we gave them in the intro, but let's reiterate. 63% of Christians attend church between once a month and never. And that mm. age group was between 20 and 39. So yeah, not, that was the highest age group. Yeah. Yeah. And not like your, your millennials that are always those, those rascally millennials that are always <laughs> messing things up. Right. It's like, no, that's, this is like your, your older millennials, kind of your older. And exes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they have kids and yeah. Uh, so this is not like the, the young folks necessarily. They are pretty young. I like yeah, to think it's pretty young. interesting. Right. And I, yeah, so do I. So do I. That's that for me was really interesting because, you know, we, we assume in church world that it's the pesky millennials who are, who are not attending church because they got better offers. But to know that the largest um, section of the people, uh, the, the people who are not attending church on a regular basis is that middle age family group. Yeah. Um, that's really surprising. But I mean, I think the good thing is that, you know, there's so much, uh, so many different ways that people can access church content now. We know that they're not, that while they might not be physically showing up every week, that people are accessing our content every week, whether it's right. on a podcast, whether it's on an app or whether it's on YouTube. Yeah. And that's kind of where the second thing that we mentioned, that church attendance is not actually decreasing, it's decentralizing kind of in that idea. Yeah. It's just they're accessing us somewhere else. Um, we talked about this the other day. It's like if you ask someone, how many times did you go to church in this month? And you ask a pastor, how many times did that person go to church? Pastor's mm -hmm. going to go, well, they were here one Sunday. So they went once. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the person is going to go, I went four times. I went once and to the service. And then I watched it twice online. And then I yeah. went to a home group. And then I listened to a podcast. So I went about four times. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. And, and you know, this, is, this shouldn't surprise us in church world, considering this is what we see in the secular marketplace every day, right? I can't remember yeah. the last time I went to the mall, for example, um, that, you know, I've still got enough clothes and I've got everything yeah. that I need because I get it all online. And at the end of the day, you know, sometimes that comes through Amazon. Sometimes it comes through the, the store website itself. Um, you know, Home Depot is a great example that I always use. You know, Seth, we, if we needed to cut your lawn right now, we could wander around the Home Depot for 45 minutes trying to find a lawnmower, or we could buy that lawnmower online and wait five days for it to show up. Or even better, we could order it online and then drive to the local store, pick it up and be back that same day. Right. Now, Home Depot doesn't care how many uh, steps we took inside the store. What they care about is that we you know, we bought their product. And so from a church point of view, I think we're a bit slower on the uptake. Um, but the reality is that uh, people aren't coming as much, but they are accessing our content online. And yeah. I think that's good. Now, whenever I talk about this, man, you know this, because I've, I've shared this before, usually I get hit with the Hebrews 10 stuff, right? Let us not neglect yes. um, meeting together, which uh -huh. I totally agree with. I would love it if we didn't neglect meeting together. Um, but for me, it's not a Hebrews issue. It's actually a Mark 16 issue, which says go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. And yeah. part of going into all the world is, uh, letting people access our content on their commute on Monday morning when they listen on the podcast, or maybe it's Tuesday on our app or on our website, or maybe it's, you know, the, a week later, a month later, or even years later on YouTube and understanding that people can still access our content that way should drive some of the way that we, we do church, the way that we budget, the way that we structure our staff, you know, everything like that. Absolutely. And I think that's what you're getting into with like, there's so many more other channels that yeah. we can actually reach that I think the fear for a lot of people, a lot of pastors that I've talked to and, and you have probably as well that bring that up uh, about Hebrews 10 is that we're afraid that it's going to replace that meeting. Yeah. That, yeah. and, and first of all, I think it's a definition of what is a meeting. You know, I think there's some things that go on in each of those places we need to really unpack and talk about, like, what does it really count to meet together? And then second, you know, what does that mean? So what does that mean in 2019? And then second, it's like, because um, I'll be honest, when I go to church, when I go to church on Sunday, you know, I don't feel like just a ton of that community sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. we come in, you might mingle a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of superficial in a little ways, you know, but then you sit down. And you're going to listen to a sermon or you're going to you yeah. might sing, you engage that way. And that's valuable. But I mean, it's not like we're, we're hanging around talking about our problems. You know, it's like, you know, it's not deep community. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not really for that even it's. And so this, what are we meeting together to do is kind of like, well, what can we do elsewhere too? You know, it's like, not yeah, totally place, agree. But, but in addition to an enhancement of what we're already doing. Exactly. It's an enhancement of what we're already doing. You know, one of the things we say around North Point is that circles are better than rows. And the idea behind that is, you know, we, we can we can learn in a, in a row on Sunday by just sitting in a row and listening to a message, but we grow by sitting in a circle. And that happens midweek, uh, you know, in small groups, in life groups, uh, Bible study groups, whatever you, you call them at, in your situation. But, you know, that's where we feel like life really happens and where people actually take their 
the step of faith. And technology just allows us nowadays to be connected with people uh, 24-7. So it's not just yeah. a, a case of, hey, see you next Sunday. No, no, we want to we say to people, we, we'll see you during the week on social media. We want to say to people that we will, we, we, will, we will keep up to date with you and what's going on, on on our social media channels and in our small groups. You know, we, we talk all the time, you know, churches always talk about, hey, church is not the building, it's the people. Well, if it's really the people, then, you know, we should meet together, but sometimes that might not happen in the building. Um, yeah, that's the, a lot of stuff that I talk about. If it's the people, you know, it's yeah, wherever exactly. the people are. And it's, and it's, it's wherever the people are accessing the content. Um, and, and it's our job. I think it's our job as the church to build community around our content. So however right. they're accessing our content, we need to build community around that. Yeah. And, and what I've noticed too, is like, here's, here's kind of the shift in just an overarching kind of communication strategy is that five years ago, we were all kind of going, what are we doing with YouTube? What are we doing with Instagram? What are we doing with yeah. Facebook? What are we doing with online church? What are we doing with our service? How's our bulletin? You know, and all of these things had an end goal. Yeah. Now I think the only places, only time you're going to be really successful is when you see how all those things work together to create, exactly. to, to funnel people to something you know it's like that's the huge strategy the meta strategy that yeah uh, you're gonna have on me channel i'm gonna have meta strategy so <laughs> like the meta strategy of things uh of how it all kind of goes together and it's like social media youtube online church all those things are part of that strategy yeah totally Not a replacement of yeah i think that's exactly a yeah, and all, all I really push from an omni-channel point of view, and I'm not sure if you guys have already spoken about this, but, you know, the idea of omni-channel is, is different to multi-channel because I, I think, you know, during the early 2000s, all churches came up with this multi-channel approach, which was we had yeah. our lane for our, our physical services, and then we have a different strategy, a different setup for our online services, right. and it became like that community swimming pool with the with mm -hmm. the lane uh, markers put in, and people could go up this way, or they could come down this way, or, or whatever. But the whole the whole idea of omnichannel is that we remove those lane markers completely and just let people go wherever they want. We're just thrilled that they're in the pool of faith, and we're going to let them access the content however they need to, and they can right. move from you know listening on a podcast to watching it on YouTube, to attending uh, a service on a Sunday, to then watching a, an old message on an app and then coming to a midweek communion or worship service. You know, right. people's, uh, the way that people grow has become fragmented in that we move from uh, 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 channel to channel to channel to channel, accessing of content and different, you know, different speakers and, and, and different topics and things like that. And right. so for me, the church really needs to, uh, the capital C church, I think needs to adopt this omni-channel approach where we, we see it as all being relevant, not just when they come into yes. the lane that is the physical attendance on Sundays. Yeah. And I think, you know, also I want to make sure, make clear too, what I, we're not saying is we're not creating like this buffet type experience. Yeah. There's still strategy involved. We were moving the lanes because yeah. we want to be able to work strategy out for more individualistic, you know, type type things. Like we want to get more even more personal with people to say this yeah. person accessed our YouTube, which led to our podcast, which led to attending, you know, our small group, which led to our service. Whereas yeah. it used to be like the only way to get to our church is one of these channels is going to lead you to our building. 
Yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. All those led to the building. It's like it's okay for those channels to lead to other channels that lead you through a funnel that you might be more likely to in, engage with, I guess, you know. So I, that's that's kind of what I, I hear you, I believe you're saying. And so that's what yes. I would imagine. So Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Allowing people to take the steps, uh, you know, take take the next step in their faith journey, whether that's on YouTube or on a podcast, but then also providing, with each channel providing an opportunity to take the next step after that. So it, right. it all turns into a, into steps. Yeah. Before um, we came on, you, we heard a clip that um, it was from that church conference where you talked about cutting up your YouTube videos into small sections that led to another thing, like a, a, a 90 yeah. second version and then a, uh, a four minute version of the message. And then another, you know, things like that. Talk about the, that strategy of why you do that and how it kind of works to, to lead people and what it actually leads people to. Yeah, well, we're increasingly seeing at North Point, uh, we're increasingly seeing that people are accessing our content on our YouTube channel. Um, you know, at the moment, we average about 1,200 hours a week uh, of content viewed on our YouTube channel. Awesome. Um, to put that into some sort of context, that's about six and a half weeks worth of content viewed in a seven-day period. And so we wanted to... Uh, jump onto that and create a strategy around it. And so instead of using um, in, uh, instead of using uh, YouTube like we used to use Vimeo, which was just as some content video content storage service, we wanted to let yeah, exactly. We wanted to leverage YouTube for what it is. It's the second biggest search engine in the world. We know it has two billion active users. So we wanted to give people the opportunity to use YouTube to grow um, in their faith. You know, um, people the reality of the world today is that people use YouTube to find answers for everything from fixing their car to yep. marriage. And so we want to be in those places. The reason we, we cut the 35 minutes down to seven minutes or four to seven minutes is because the average length of a video viewed on YouTube is four minutes and 20 seconds. And so for me to, to, you know, come up to you, Seth and say, you know, if we're, if we're neighbors and you tell me, Hey, I'm having some issues with a uh, parenting situation, for example, yep. for me to come in and say, Hey, here's my mobile device. Let's watch a 35 minute message from my pastor on how to parent better. That's mm -hmm. the modern day equivalent of having to bribe somebody with lunch in order to get yeah. them to come to your service. Right. It's big, it's so we chop up, it's a huge commitment. So we chop up the uh, the message literally just to make it into a bite-sized thing that people can access uh, on their mobile device if necessary. Then uh, what we use, uh, then after that, we use YouTube cards, YouTube end screens, and the YouTube description to help people connect to the larger message. So in, in that way, I see my role as literally, I, uh, I lower the bottom rung on the digital invitation ladder. So we have this digital invitation ladder, which we know is the easiest way for people to invite their friends to church, their friends, family, and neighbors to church is to share some content digitally because that's how the world works. Yep. And so I'm trying to lower that bottom rung to make it as easy as possible for people to uh, invite their friends or to on their own connect with our church. And so that's a huge part of what I do during the week is, yeah. you know, I've been learning Adobe Premiere so that I can... Uh, cut down these messages mm -hmm. and, and make them more accessible. Yeah. I spent some time in premiere myself. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's time consuming, but it, man, it, the payoff is really great. Video is awesome. Uh, I think we totally. all kind of got that message, you know, last year and we're working real hard to get video out there, but YouTube is a natural place for it. And, yeah. uh, and you're right. It's like you said two things in there that I thought were fascinating. Uh, first, just using YouTube as a search engine instead of a yeah. video host. That's big. 
Yeah. And, and I think churches are, you know, seeing that and really not knowing what to do next, but you, you give this bite-sized thing. And so second, you've said that inviting people with content they share is yeah. one of the easiest ways to get people to invite their friends. Mm. And that is so true. We actually took a survey at our church and it was a communication survey. How do you get info at our, our church? And when we said, what are you most likely to share? Um, or, or how are you most likely to invite someone? Um, number one was word of mouth. Number two was share something on social. Yeah, that's so interesting, isn't it? It's like, and it was overwhelming. Like, but yeah. everything else was, it, it was so much less than those two. Like, yeah, that's so interesting. And so I, I think we, we can leverage technology to not only have things like that happen, which is great that the people at your church are, are leveraging social media to invite their friends. But I think that, uh, that going back to that first thing that you picked up on, you know, YouTube being the second biggest search engine in the world, yeah. that's where people can find our content for the first time, maybe connect to our church for the first time. I mean, the reality is in the modern world, people connect with your church before they connect within your church. Um, And so we want to leverage YouTube as a social, as a search engine, which is what it's designed to be second biggest in the world behind the company that owns it, which is Google. Um, And so we are actively, yeah, yeah. When you search on Google, some of the first search in, search results are often YouTube videos. Exactly. And so we want to start to leverage YouTube in the way that people would use a search engine. So we want to title our messages, which is one of the things that, you know, we've been actively doing is retitling our old messages to be keyword phrases and keyword search Uh, you know, the things that people are actually typing into that search bar so that when they're in their zero moment of truth, you know, looking for, hey, how can I be a better husband? How can I be a better dad? How can I improve my marriage? Um, How can I find hope? How can I um, overcome my addiction? When they're typing those things in, because they are typing them into YouTube, second biggest search engine in the world, where people go to find answers. We want to make sure that they're not just getting some random content, but they're actually getting some faith-based content. And as we've been doing that, we've seen our YouTube view times go up and through the roof. But really interesting awesome. is, is what people are typing in to find our content. Usually it used to be, yeah. you know, some variation of North Point or some variation of Andy Stanley, which, which showed us that they were, you know, North Point aware. They were like, aware yeah. of our church in some capacity. But now what we're finding is that they're actually typing in terms that are unrelated to North Point and Andy Stanley. They're, they're typing in the questions that we're specifically yeah. trying to target. And so we're getting this whole new audience that's starting to open up with us, um, you know, even just in the past month or so. It's been really exciting and interesting to see. Yeah. What do you do? And I'm, I'm just thinking like a pastor who's thinking about this and what should we do this? One of the questions they're probably going to ask is, okay, let's say you do optimize your YouTube as a search and, um, and start getting people hitting your content. Yep. What if they're not anywhere near your church? Like, and you're not set up to really connect with them. What are some things that they can do or how do we, I mean, what would you say to that pastor? Like, how would you encourage them? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, first of all, uh, you know, if you've got access to some sort of network of churches and you can direct somebody to there, that would be a great way to do it. If you're yeah. running an online uh, service, you know, you can direct people to your online, uh, the streaming online of your service and, and have them connect there. If you've got digital groups, you know, they might be another option for you. Um, and that's, that's how the world is going these days, right? I mean, you know, we could right now, we could watch a message from Andy Stanley, even though we're recording this on a Monday, right? We could watch a past message or we could watch Craig Rochelle or, or 
or um, you know anybody, right? Um, yeah. Tad Beach, um, Rich Wilkinson Jr., um, Stephen Furtick. We can listen to anybody right now, and we're not living anywhere near them. But that can help us take a step in our spiritual journey. So we we always leverage our YouTube. And this is what I'd be saying to that pastor you're talking about is use that YouTube description to point people towards your website and then find out ways that you can uh, connect with them, whether it's signing up for an email or whether it's providing some more personal details that allow you to connect with that person. And then you can lead them to, to take whatever next step they have to take. That's awesome. Well, and shifting gears just slightly, uh, a lot of this about message, crafting message, you know, slices of your message and getting that out. Yeah. If you're, if you're thinking like, okay, we do that already. Um, or we could do that real quick. What about the content that's not related to your message and you're creating? I know that you want to create stuff that people are searching for. Yeah. So I guess kind of two part, like what type of content would that be? And how do you find those key phrases and figure out what kind of content people are even searching for? Yeah. Um, great questions, dude. Really great questions. The thing is, whenever some, whenever a preacher um, or a pastor gives a message on a Sunday, they're really hitting a couple of felt needs. That's really what they're trying to do. I, I mean, one of those felt needs might be that help understand the Bible better. But, you know, we because a lot of churches speak in series, the series are usually topic-based and the topics that we choose are typically based on some human needs that we all have, you know, being a better parent, being a better spouse, um, um, being a better person in general, um, maybe getting your finances in order, being a better employee. So if you can craft message, if you're already crafting those messages around that, then, then chopping those messages up so that they can be a shorter form version of the original message becomes pretty easy because you're just yeah. going to pull out that point that you're trying to make. And then you want to figure out, well, what are people searching in around this topic? Great thing is Google has this already built in. I'm sure everybody listening to your podcast right now has had this opportunity when they type in to Google search or, or on YouTube search, they start to type in how to be a, and what happens? Google auto populates that complete yeah it's an autocomplete with the most searched terms or google under uh, tracks all of your past searches and finds the one that it thinks is the most applicable to you so that's already built in it's already free then you can buy some subscription programs you know there's keywords everywhere uh google keyword ads is another good one bid iq is one that i happen to use um, and, and you, there's free versions of those, or you can pay a monthly subscription to help, uh, generate prompts for more keyword optimized searches. Um, okay. and you know, they're, they're relatively cheap anywhere from $5 a month, uh, like a product like morning fame is, is $5 a month, right up to vidIQ, which is $50 a month. So there's a, there's a wide range in there wow. or just start typing the topic into your search bar. Just think to yourself, if I was looking for this topic, say, say it's, uh, how can I, well, we use the lawnmower as the example, right? Yeah. What's the best lawnmower? That's what we'd probably type in and Google would auto populate that. That is completely free. So I would encourage pastors, creative directors at churches to start doing that. Now here's the, here's the rub, right? It yeah. might not be, the most creative title. It might not be the sexiest title, right? And we all want to create this really cool looking, um, you know, key up for our series titles. I get that. But in the long run, considering the way that YouTube works as a search engine, years from now, people could be really looking up, looking for hope, looking for answers online, because this is what they're doing. And don't you want your messages, your pastor's message to pop up as the answer to that problem? 
Yep. Imagine if YouTube was throwing up your church, Seth, as the answer to somebody's problem when they're typing in a deep need, human need that they're searching for online and they pop up your pastor's message as the answer. That yep. can happen when we start to use keyword searches and we use YouTube for what it is, a search engine. Absolutely. That's awesome. And, yeah. and one of the things we're working on too is looking at uh, that v- the vlogs format as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, use, yeah, that's really cool. And using that, because those, I mean, we don't have to wait for that to be filmed. We can just get someone who's great on camera, even to read a script and, you know, that we wrote yeah. and, and get it done. And uh, yeah, I, I talk to a lot of pastors who have issues with exactly what you're talking about, where it's how yeah. do we create that, that extra midweek content? Uh, yeah. Or they ask the question of, of, you know, what gear do I need? Well, the midweek content is pretty easy. You could just share what you're, learning what you're reading at the moment. You could take yeah. a deep dive into Sunday's message. Maybe, uh, hey, here's how to apply what you what I talked about on Sunday into your work week or into your household. Yeah. Like that could be a simple four-minute video that you do on a Monday or a Tuesday to help people apply what they've already heard on Wednesday, uh, on Sunday that pushes them back to the full message if they haven't heard it already. So then you're creating yeah. this content loop, yeah, right? Loop. Now again, the next thing is, well, I don't have the gear to do that. But I mean, Seth, we're, we're recording this now on our computers, right? Like it's not, yeah. not rocket science. We think that we have to have this big production and we overproduce things. We put production ahead of story. I yeah. think as if you've got an iPhone, if you've got a, a smartphone with a good camera on it, the best bloggers, the best vloggers in the world literally just use their smartphones to do uh, videos that reach millions and millions and millions of people. Mm-hmm. I think at church, sometimes we overthink it and we overcomplicate things. Yeah. And, and then to be fair, I mean, I kind of understand why that is, you know, I, I totally agree with you and go, man, let's not just spend so much time and money on the, the perfect shot, you know, because yeah. what people are used to seeing is not that. And in fact, it might even feel it might even feel fake if they see it too produced. You know, it feels more authentic. But but here's what here's the deal. In about 2000, we started the mega church movement, and we were going, let's make the most highly produced, catchy, snazzy thing we can. I said snazzy. That's a that's a very old (laughs) word, but it's swell. It's a swell thing. We we (laughs) want to make. Right. We want to make sure it's like the, our best foot forward because yeah. we'd kind of gotten this reputation for being kind of crappy at doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. And now and it's like, think, okay, you can do that, but we don't really care about that anymore. Well, I think, uh, well, two things I would say, first of all, is uh, when it comes to YouTube, people will forgive bad video, but they're less forgiving of bad audio. So if you need to yeah. produce something, just just get really good audio. Make sure that your audio is spot on. The second thing I would say is, yeah, we overproduced things back then, Seth, because that's a great point. We overproduced things because we thought it would be more relevant if we had lights and, and cameras and all that sort of gear, right? Yeah, but it the worked reality, a little. And it did, yes, it totally. And I'm, I'm not casting a shadow over that, uh, model at all. You know, I, I absolutely, I work at a church where that is a huge part of what we do. Yeah. Um, but I think from a relevance point of view, the mo- you know, if I'm really thirsty, the most relevant thing to me is not somebody, not a worship leader coming on with big lights and skinny jeans and a deep V-neck t-shirt. The most relevant thing for me when I'm thirsty is for some who is the person who gives me a drink of water. Yeah. Um, and so if we can be on a thing, a channel like YouTube, helping 
people find answers to their felt needs, that's when we really become relevant. It's not about the production. It's about how we're helping people to take the next step in their faith journey. It's about how we're helping, um, you know, people realize that following Jesus makes you better at life and makes your life better. That's where relevancy comes in. Yeah. And I wonder how, I don't know who needs to hear this, but there's probably a lot of people out there who have these great ideas and they haven't done anything because they can't do it perfect. Exactly. And, and I think push play, man, just do it. Just I, lo- do I it love that. And get better as you go, but do it, you know, yeah. get started. Yeah. I love that. Just push play. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's my thing. I I, I have to tell myself that all the time. Like I've, I've jumped into YouTube as well. This podcast is going to be on YouTube. And it's like, yeah, there's things I can do that make it better. And I try to get better. But man, at the end of the day, I just need to get these stories and this content out. It needs to be out there, you know, and uh, I need to hit play and I need to hit record really. And then hit play, but uh, I need to get it out. It's because that's the thing. It's like churches are, are, have so much content. Mm. Like we really should, I I don't want to say this like flippantly because I know it's a problem for a lot of people. We really should never be at a place where we go, I don't know what to post. Yeah, like, man, <laughs> we've got so much we can post. If nothing yeah. else, grab a scripture, make a graphic, put it out. You know, it's like, yeah, that's great. You know, so we've, we've got so much just out of, even out of our sermons and weekend experience, what's yeah. been recorded. So I say just do it, get it going and make it better as you go. And, you know, people will not balk at, you know, the fact that you had a hundred dollar mic instead of a $600 mic, you know, when you exactly. Exactly. Dude, I couldn't agree more. Not only do we have a lot of content, we actually have the best content, right? We've got the content yeah. that will change uh, lives, that will change families, that will change generations of people. You know, it's the, it's that content that, uh, you know, took me out of a, a an upbringing where I was un- completely unchurched and helped me and my wife become first generation Christians to our family. So, I mean, not only do we have a lot of content, we got the best content and we just need to keep getting it out of there and and out there and finding ways to help it to connect with more and more people. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Totally. Well, um, Dave, thank you, man. It's just, it's always great to talk to you. It's always great to hear your heart for the church and just how you're, you know, trailblazing. And for a lot of us that we don't have the opportunity to do what you get to do and, you know, to try to, you get to try some things and, and fail and do it better and figure it out while we go, okay, well, we'll take version three of what Dave did and we'll be good. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm happy to be that person. It's man. great, man. You're doing such good stuff. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks dude. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And uh, we'll be back very soon with more Seminary of Hard Knocks. See you.